Welcome to Sweeping the Country, the good news, the bad news, and everything in between. Throw in a few famous artists, celebrities, and everyday folks just like you, and you've got Sweeping the Country. I'm Derek Walker, and this is my co-host, Mr. Jimmy Carter. Hello, Jimmy. Uh, happy summer to everybody, and you yeah, know, the guy boy. that was... Uh, Many of our summers we really enjoyed were those Lethal Weapon movies oh, from uh, the wonderful Mel Gibson. Braveheart was a great <laughs> epic movie yeah. from back in 95. And then uh, a touching film that no one saw coming that he directed, produced, and paid for himself, The Passion of the Christ, oh, I which was financially extremely successful. He made, you know, because it made so much money around the world. That's right. And I think, you know, that was kind of part of him that in the movie Apocalypse, whatever it was Apocalypto. about Mesoamerica, <laughs> Apocalypto, Apocalypto <laughs> which I did not like, but I he was doing it. all kinds of crazy stuff during that time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. he was yeah, just yeah. trying to find himself. And let's start this out with going back to when he had a movie called The River. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the interviews saved from that because no one knew who he was. Yeah. Uh, the Mad Max things we knew a little bit about. But the first time we really got to know him was the very first Lethal Weapon. And uh, this is an interview from 1987. Mel, I was reading about you in GQ magazine. I'm sure you've heard a lot of people reading about you. But when you're preparing for an interview, and the, one of the first things you read is, Mel Gibson is one tricky, complicated guy that scares you to death. I think you scared the writer of that uh, article. I did. did. Yeah, I think I, you did. I didn't mean to. I liked her. I thought she was great. Do you think you intimidate some people, though, because you, are, uh, you do look intense on camera a lot in the, in the roles you play? Oh, I think perhaps physically, but I think once you start to jaw with me a bit, I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't, certainly don't try to intimidate. But you're really kind of an Australian farmer with a house full of kids, right? Basically. <laughs> Sounds pretty droll, doesn't it? No, it's great. You do have a lot of children, right? Yeah. You four. have four, and two are twins? I mean, two, yeah, two twins? Yeah. I guess one, and then two twins, and then one, right? Yeah. That's a lot of children in six years of marriage there. Yeah. Oh, this kept us very busy. But, uh, you know, it keeps you out of trouble keeping busy. What does the oldest child think of Daddy as a movie star? Well, she's starting to just cotton on to us. She's six years old. She's starting to figure it out now that uh, what I do and judging by people's reaction and why are those people staring at Dad and why. But up till then, she thought that everyone's father was on television as far as she was concerned. That's right. Um, I don't know how that affects her. I, I, I think... I think she's pretty good, you know. Do you think she sees it as two different people, Daddy at home, and this doesn't look like Daddy that I see on television? No, I don't think so, and I don't think I should put it across that way either. I think that it's my job, and, and she knows that. I, she's pretty clever. She understands that. So, best thing is, like, I mean, you you've, you hear a lot of stories about uh, children of famous people getting really messed up in their heads for some reason. I don't see why that should have to happen, and it's usually the fault of the parent if that happens so just take care of it this movie's a very physical film were you ever hurt even just a little bit yeah you get skinned to you know elbows and bruised knees and <laughs> the odd cut or sprain and I can't tell you how many times I had the chiropractor there but uh, just little things you know little injuries nothing that was debilitating do you ever worry about becoming seriously injured. I'm sure the insurance companies worry about it more than you do, maybe. They do, yeah. They worry about it But there's some scenes in this movie uh, that are pretty tense and pretty dangerous, I think. Uh, not really. I, they, because of that reason, I mean, the insurance, uh, they want to finish their film. They have a large investment in it. Mm -hmm. They're not really going to stick me in a situation where I'm going to be That's in any true. terrific danger. They, I, I do a certain amount of things. I enjoy doing it, but it's very 
well supervised and everyone's acquainted with the problems and and they just weigh up the odds and they decide you know whether I should participate in this or not and uh, um, and myself too I mean if it looks too hairy I'm not going to do it you know do you have a professional game plan or just every role has just kind of happened do you know where you want to go say five years from now or ten years from now well I think it, in a general way I just want to be very good at what I do and and to get better at it <clears throat> and hopefully that's what's happening and uh, specific plans no I've never done that I've never how objective you say how you know how do you know if you're good or not do you just know if whether you feel like it was good yeah. or whether people say you're good how do you well you have to sort of be objective with yourself yes uh, aware of yourself um, because you you are the instrument that you're playing and you, you use yourself in that way some people would argue that it's prostitution but, um, but you do need a, an objective eye also of a director or an audience I mean you need an audience I, I, I like to present things to an audience. I mean, my are you thing. comfortable watching yourself up there on the screen? <coughs> I am. You are? Yes. That's kind of unusual. A lot of actors are not very comfortable seeing themselves up there. Well, I, too picky. You know, they see little things they want to change. Yes. Well, I see that too. You see, but I, it's no use losing any sleep over it. But you must take notice of those things. I mean, I'll use that knowledge that I don't like that, or mm -hmm. to maybe eradicate or change, or you know, adapt something. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's no point in ever <laughs> whinging about it too much. What kind of state are you in, physically and mentally, when a film is over with? It's a, obviously a very tense couple of weeks or months in making a film. How do you wind down from that process? Well, it's, it's a bit like cold turkey. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no way out. You're finished. And uh, it's a relief sometimes, a blessed relief. Um, to go and do something different. It's refreshing. You can enjoy that. And there's a certain sadness in sort of parting company. It's always nice to come back together again, like we are now. It's good to see all these people again. I understand you travel with your family a great deal. Yeah. When you play these intense roles like you did <clears throat> in Lethal Weapon, do you ever carry the character home with you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd hate to do that. Imagine going home and shooting my wife. <laughs> no, I... I um, <clears throat> I don't, I have a problem with that at all. If you've had to be depressed all day yeah. at work because of the scene you're doing, you can shake it the minute you get the if car I going home? If I, if I am depressed well, I go home very happy. If hmm. I did what I was supposed to do well, if I think I did, in my own opinion, um, if I felt satisfied with it, I go home different, I'm not depressed. If I don't do so well, maybe I'm a bit depressed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But uh, I, I, it's not a difficult thing. The division there is not difficult for me. So you don't wear your <clears throat> goods home, then, in other words? No. How did you get the acting bug? Did you just go up on stage one time and you liked the idea of people looking at you and clapping? And oh, yes. Very, kind of you know, it, it's a frightening, daunting sort of... The first time I was ever on stage, and it was a terrifying experience. I, I was nervous and <coughs> learned my lines and which I don't do anymore, so you don't need to do that. But I went out onto the stage and my knees simply would not support me. They, they wouldn't. And I began to sweat and it, I was out of control. And uh, it never happened to me again. It just got progressively easier. But 
I'll never forget that, and that, that's what sold me. I, I loved it. I, I was just totally <gasps> taken over by it. It was uh, out of control. It was. Uh, you liked the idea that something could shake you that badly. Yeah. That was yeah. Oh, it was. It was great. Yeah. And but then getting on top of it, you know. And using what was there and channeling it so that the energy just wasn't sporadically, just, it, it was all over the, I couldn't remember what I was supposed to say and I had to sit down and do the scene because I couldn't stand up. That is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you a lot. This is a great, great movie. I love it. Oh, good. You yeah. play a good, crazy man. Yeah, oh, terrific. Okay, thank you. Thank you. He still had the accent. Oh, Lethal amazing. Weapon was yeah. such a big hit movie and got him started on a, on a pretty amazing career. I got to tell you, Jimmy, I have heard Mel Gibson and seen him in a ton of movies over the years. And after listening to that, I never realized he actually had an accent. That's the first time. Well, you know, he was born in, he was born in America. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up going back to Australia. And uh, he was, you know, that's where he pretty much was raised there. Fascinating. And, and he, he was an icon down there. And that's where all that started, the Mad Max mm -hmm. business and all of those kind of things. But um the River was 1984 with Sissy Spacek. He played a struggling Tennessee farmer, and it was a really good movie. I've not even seen it out there to be consumed on one of the streaming channels, though it certainly has to be. But sometimes you just, you know, you, you find the right director with the right part, and yeah. Martin Riggs was the perfect role for him in 1987, and he became a leading man because of that. He did a movie with... Uh, Kurt Russell, I remember doing the interviews with Tequila Sunrise. Oh, yeah, an action movie, yeah. And that was a pretty good cop show, if you ever get a chance to see that. Yep. And then they did Lethal Weapon 2, and then, you know, it just kept going. He had Air America, I barely remember. Hamlet, I don't remember. Bird on a Wire with Goldie Hawn. Yes, I uh, He was that. getting, he got $25 million, which was a lot of money in 2000. Remember the movie The Patriot? Oh, yeah, that was a great movie. That, that was a great movie, yeah, but the one that... You know, that I really enjoyed this movie, and it was difficult to watch because uh, it just was. But it was really good. Ron Howard did it. It's about your child getting kidnapped from 1996. Mel Gibson, and we were talking eventually about the movie Ransom. I've not seen you since you won for Braveheart, but could you tell there were a lot of people out there rooting for you? I kind of felt like I was out there you did? rooting for you because we did two different interviews on the subject, which we never do. Yeah. One satellite, one regular. And I just felt like I was putting stuff on to tell people that, you know, you really need to go out and see this movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I felt, uh, yeah, a lot of positive energy. It was kind of an out-of-body experience for me. I felt like I was at home watching it on television. Mm -hmm. so I felt not present. Did you feel kind of vindicated when it did so well that you had put so much out there on the line for that movie and it finally, well, you know, was re recognized? Not vindicated so much. It's just gratified, you know. Uh, it was just a real nice thing to happen that your peers recognize you and sort of give you a little pat on the back. And mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, it's a cool thing. Uh, Renee told me that she's praying for you. Why? Oh, yeah. You started she does back, that. You started back, back up again, didn't you? No. Did you see me like that? I didn't see you like it. Good. So you'd done so you'd worked so hard to quit during the editing of Braveheart, right? Yep, and I quit again. I quit all the time. Hey, you know what? If you don't smoke, you can't quit. <laughs> That's true. He's so bad. Yeah. Uh, do you ever get? Have you gotten to the point? And you're not a, an old man by any means, but do you ever get a little uh, achy and a little after these mornings when you're jumping over cabs and oh, things yeah. like that? Wake up a little oh, cranky? Yeah, yeah. Pop the old humorous back in and keep you humorous about it and uh you know there's a few a few creaky joints a you know. few joints there yeah settling in i'll get used to it 
This movie, uh, watching it with an audience is fun because people are talking at the movie, they're yelling, they're doing, it's a very vocal audience when you watch yeah. this kind of film. Well, I think that's because it's so tense. Is that why they, they're talking? There's a lot of tension, but it's also a dilemma flick. It's a, it, it asks the audience to ask himself a lot of questions about, boy, that's a dumb thing, to, or is it? You know, and, and uh, it gives them options and choices, you know. Um, it's not quite as compelling as would you sleep with Robert Redford for a million dollars. I certainly wouldn't, but... Um, <laughs> That's good to know that. Yeah, uh, but, uh, uh, but it's the same kind of thing, you know. It's like, would I, would I, what would I do? Would I do this? Would I do that? So it's, um, um, it's kind of a thinker, you know, and a thriller. I was really surprised that anyone who's not been through the experience would know how to get the emotion of that thing in your stomach that you would get if you lost your child. I lost yeah. mine for 20 minutes once. Yeah. And uh, it was it was an emotion that I've never had before. I never pray that I have it again. No, it's it's, it's worse awful. than a loss. I can't even tell you what it is. But you guys yeah. got that feeling in the movie. Yeah. How'd right. you do that? Well, you know, it's happened. I mean, you you said it yourself. I mean, you remember that feeling. It's simply emotional memory. And uh, you know, I remember in, I was in a, a pharmacy one time, and my daughter, who was two, walked away, and I was busy looking at something, and I turned around in time to see her stepping off the curb, and the traffic was oh, flying. God. And it was just like one of the most horrendous, my hair must have stuck straight up in the air. But before I knew it, I was about 40 feet. It took, it was about, she was about 40 feet away. And I knocked old ladies over and bumped into shelves and completely like wrecked the joint to get to her, you know, before. So it's, uh, it's a fairly kind of uh, strong impulse we have to protect our young, you know. And the feeling after that was probably another emotion. Oh, uh, that I'm never going to let her out of my sight again. If I lost her, yeah. it wouldn't be, I couldn't go on. Oh, no legs for about five minutes. I was oh, like, I had to just sit hug them, just hold yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just so, so, I mean, yeah. and people feel that in the movie. That's why I told Ron, I guess people just think he's still Opie. I mean, I've seen him yeah. do all these great movies, but I just keep, every time I see him, I say, you've outdone yourself again. Yeah, he, yeah. It's I mean, gritty. It's gritty. gritty it's film. a grittier movie than he's used to. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's good. I think it's, uh, it was really cool to see him go that way. And he, he, I think he realized he was taking himself somewhere else, you know, and stylistically. Mm -hmm. And just even the way he was using the camera and stuff, he had some pretty cool tricks. And he wasn't sure whether, you know, because he hadn't done it before. He was, he, it, takes, it takes a little courage to sort of go and try something new like that. So I was watching some good stuff. I was but do you know when you're making stuff. a movie sometimes, like, if it's going to work or not? Oh, yeah. Could you tell this one was working? Or were you really as much unsure? as you can tell, you know, you never really know, but it's, uh, it's, it's um, um, because it's all done so piecemeal, you know. But as we went, I was, um, it was very, um, you know, interesting to watch him work, and it was uh, um, not surprising. I mean, I knew he'd do some good stuff, but, uh, um, but it seemed to be okay as we went, so, uh, you know, I felt pretty confident. It's a home run. Yeah. I'm praying for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. See, that was a really good movie. He did a lot of movies that just kind of lost, I guess. Yeah. Payback uh, yeah. was another one. He was John Smith in Pocahontas. You might remember that. Oh, I do. Uh, yeah. We Were Soldiers was a really good Vietnam War movie. Never saw it. I, I remember interviewing him for all of these things. And uh, he's just a big time movie star. And we were talking at one point in 1997 about the film Conspiracy Theory. And we talked a little bit about Julia Roberts and all the other subjects. Mel Gibson and fans. I know they scream and holler at you, but aren't you amazed at how much attention you get? I mean, all over the internet, for example, people write letters back and forth and talk about your interviews, and they write down every little thing about you. Yeah, it's bizarre. Slightly obsessive behavior, isn't it? But, you know, hey, I guess uh, 
you know, hey, I'd be worried if it wasn't happening. One lady said that you're the second most beautiful man in the world. <laughs> you, you're the first? John Bon Jovi was bon prettier Jovi. than you. Uh, yeah, so you do have I competition. Agree. It's not just Mel Gibson <laughs> taking over the world there. Uh, Julia Roberts, boy, she has some charisma, doesn't she? She does, yeah. And when I was watching the movie last night, there's so much publicity about her. I'd forgotten really how good an actress she was. Yeah. She's really good. Oh, she's great. I mean, she doesn't have to uh, have dialogue, you know? I mean, there's a lot of subtext going on there. I noticed that watching, I watched her other film, too, and I, it struck me in that more than in ours because, I mean, I was used to working with her on that, but I saw that, and it hit me fresh, and it's like, wow, there's a lot going on here. She's, Do you buy all this conspiracy stuff? I mean, like Kennedy, was, was he shot by Oswald only? I don't think he was, no. I don't either. But, uh, you know, I mean, what, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, you, you chase your tail with that one, you know. So you chase your tail with most of it. it's just nutty stuff. I mean, you know, some no, stuff I don't has think so. got some basis. Oh, I, hey, a, a conspiracy, it takes a conspiracy for us to get together here and talk mm -hmm. of sorts. I mean, there's conspiracies in, uh, you know, with different natures, you know. Some some kind of malevolent ones. I Were think. you ever the paranoid type? Were you worried about people following you, or you know, just things that would be paranoid? Well, you know, it's happened. I mean, I've had people coming over the fence with cameras and listening devices and all kinds of crap like that. So, I mean, you know, I was had my phone bugged once. I mean, it's really? it's bizarre. Yeah, somebody just wants to know what you're up to. That makes so, you a little crazy in itself, I would think. Uh, yeah, but you know. You deal with it. So there's, there's a lot of weird stuff. Is going this on character like the cousin of Martin Riggs? They're kind of <laughs> distantly related, I think, aren't they? Uh, possibly in their unpredictability. You know, um, you know, keeping keeping everyone on the wrong foot. You don't quite know what he's going to do next. Um, so from that uh, vantage point, it's sort of interesting to watch. You never quite know what to expect from it. Raising children. How much of your day do you spend dealing with kid matters? Oh. Boy, it's hard to say so much a day. I mean, it's it varies. You Something know. every day is a crisis of some sort or the other? Uh, yeah, you kind of generally have to check in fairly regularly or something will get away from you. You know what it's like. You have girls, don't you? Yeah, one. Oh, just one? You most of them are boys, so it's probably... Is that easier? Or? No. It's, uh, it's I different. I have a 17-year-old girl. That's rough. Yeah. I had hair before. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, well, hey, I'm starting to lose mine. But it's... it's uh, um, you know, you got to keep on the ball with that stuff or it'll get away from you. So they say. Yeah, it's happened a few times. It's like, oh, well, hey, I should have been there. But, uh, you know. You know, one thing, he did so many different movies over the years, and then he came back as a bad guy in The Expendables 3. I don't know if you remember seeing oh, that yeah, in yeah. 2014. Yeah. Yes, I did. And so, you know, he ran into some problems. He had alcohol abuse. Uh, I, one thing that I've noticed, when you make so much money, mm -hmm. and he made a lot of money, and he has a lot of kids. Yeah. But he's the pressure of the success, being a movie star, being one of the most visible people in the world. Yeah. Uh, and when you have some propensity to abuse alcohol, and he just he exploded. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah, some yeah. point in there, he had paparazzi following him everywhere he went, and he just did not like that. And he was burned out from just doing movie after movie after movie. And Man Without a Face was one that he directed. I remember we went to uh, Bar Harbor, Maine to do these interviews and he was wearing sunglasses. He had like a migraine that day. And I think he'd been out the night before drinking is really what the, mm -hmm. what the story was. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he, he lived hard there for a while and uh, he paid for it too. And it wrecked his career for a time, but he was so successful and he's had trouble. You know, he, he just had a lot of issues, but he had, 
some great films. And I remember we were talking about raising kids, you know, and mm -hmm. I had some and he had some, and we talked about that in 1999, right before the movie payback came out. First of all, they're going to see this, explain that to the ladies who want to see your beautiful face, you know? Well, you, you just get lazy and slothful for 20, 30 days in a row and don't shave. You wake up like this. Is that about two days growth on you? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're the man, you know, you're the man. Yeah. Plenty of testosterone in there. Well, you do. I mean, with now seven babies are going to be, well, they're not so baby anymore, the older ones, but, yeah, but the seventh youngest one, one coming is, yeah. soon, huh? Yeah, yeah, number seven, yep. Wow, was this a plan all along to go to a certain number you're trying oh, to reach? I never have a plan, you know, that's not my way. You know, but it's like, hey, it's Does Mama out. say she wants a baby, or does Daddy say that in your house? Nobody said that, man. It just happens. Baby's just there, man, saying, let me out. So it's like, hey, you know. Cool. Not man, our decision, I, man. We were talking outside. We were, couldn't imagine what it must be like in your house when things get really cranked up on a bad day. Uh, or a good day, even. You know, it's a nightmare. Now, have you found that raising children, like, when they get, like, 15 and above, it's getting a little more interesting than it was when they were, like, 10? I agree. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, like it's when a the daughter maybe come home with a navel ring or something, how Dad's going to handle that? <laughs> I'm dealing with that right uh, now. So help really? Me. A yeah, navel I just, ring? I just found out. I haven't seen it, but someone told me it was there. Okay. So I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to ignore it, I think. Which is where I am now. I'm in denial about a lot of things that the 18-year-old daughter's doing. Yeah, I want to deny it, but she came back and she, she wanted the navel ring and all that, and I just said no. Well, she didn't ask me in this case. I wasn't there to say no, but I would have probably. And um, but you know, if that's she the worst, was bummed out about it. And but I if that's said, the worst thing they, they ever do, yeah. If that's the worst thing they ever fine. do, we're going to be fine. But okay. Are you handling the dating well? Yeah, fine. You can. Oh yeah. James good. Garner said he never did like. He didn't handle that too well. He never liked anybody. <laughs> Uh, and I find that hard to believe. I think everybody likes him. That's it. Yeah. Um, it's okay. It I is. think, you know, the good, the good thing, I think, is like when they get above a certain age, you know, you start to talk to them on a different level, which you is do. interesting. Oh, definitely. We do and that. It, and it's, it's, it's a conscious uh, sort of adjustment you have to make. And it's kind of, uh, you're talking to young adults now. And it's, um, uh, it, I'm kind of digging that. I like that. I like that. I was mm -hmm. always uncomfortable when they were so little I couldn't talk to them to find out what was wrong with them. Yeah. Especially when they don't have any, any language at all. It's like, like it's kind of, what's wrong yeah. with you? Help yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Help me out here. Uh, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Hey. In the news the other day, mm -hmm. she was asked about career regrets, mm -hmm. and her big regret was taking off her clothes in a movie. She wishes she hadn't done that. Mm -hmm. But in the same sentence, she said, but Mel Gibson was such a sweetie. Mm -hmm. Do you recall what you did to make her feel good about getting naked? Uh, I think I was just kind of real clinical about it and not, you know. Oogling. Yeah, not ogling, just kind of made her feel comfortable. That's the secret, to act like it's not a big deal? Well... Yeah, and you know, and it's not. I mean, it's just somebody's birthday suit, and she has an attractive birthday suit. But like, what am I going to do? Drool on her? I mean, see, I can learn so much from you because it's such an educational experience being with you. And this Batman thing was total rumor. That was where that come from? Oh man, I don't know, man. I read that the other day. That's bizarre, isn't it? No one's ever even mentioned that to you ever. No, but I've read a lot of weird things about myself. That's true. And I saw you on the internet once. You know, and that wasn't you either. So we don't know. Yeah, from the neck down, it was. Yeah, that was. But you know what? I wish it was. You know, it was like. In this movie, I have decided they're making a big deal about you being the bad guy. You're not a. You are really the hero bad guy in this movie. I guess, yes. Because he's the best bad guy. But everybody in the movie's bad. Well, he's a human being by virtue of the fact that everyone else is so damn bad. Everyone's morally reprehensible in this world, so it's a bizarre and absurd world to begin with, which in turn kind of makes it funny and laughable. But he's just... the roadrunner. No human being could be hurt as much as this man. <laughs> no, he's the coyote. He's yeah. the coyote. He's yeah. always getting boulders dropped on his mm -hmm. head. That's about right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, springing back. Just, you know. just like you, huh? Absolutely. Are you springing back uh, 
at your advanced age now as you did when you were a 20-year-old man? Well, not quite like, no, not quite like that, never quite You have like achy that. days? Uh, yes, I have. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting into some of these, like, vitamin supplements and gelatin and stuff like this. It's really good for your joints. Hugh Hefner's gone with Viagra. Huh? Hugh Hefner's doing Viagra. Is he? How much a day Working is he doing? He said, I don't know. <laughs> He's taking it IV. Taking a gram a day, Viagra. Apparently, I got a friend that tried this stuff, and it's like, the day after, wiped him. He's dead. He's like, he's a 55-year-old guy. He's like, I can't function. The day after, he just completely wiped him out. Wow. You I know, know, I, I know they're using use it in nursing homes for old men. So when they roll, they won't roll out of bed. Oh, bummer. Oh. Oh. The one thing a lot of people don't realize about Mel is uh, he's done a lot of charity and philanthropy, and most of it's been under the radar. He really, when he did Apocalypto, I think he saw a lot of things in Central America he certainly didn't like. Mm -hmm. And he's given a lot of money down there over the years. And he's a very uh, traditionalist Catholic. He's built some churches that he's, you know, no one's ever talked about yeah, that. I, don't know. I didn't know. I that. know that he, when there were these, uh, what do you call it when the two people are stuck together? The conjunctive, Siamese, con conjunctive yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. But they, these kids were con connected at the head birth defect. Mm -hmm. And he paid for them to come. He picked them up in his private jet, brought them to UCLA, had them disconnected and sent back God, to. You never heard um, that. I mean, you know, and, and all that was under the radar because yeah. he was just not, he, you know, he certainly wasn't going to go out there and talk about it. And I knew about it from inside people. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people, you know, they don't know about his politics and, you know, and who knows what he's doing. But uh, over the years, he's been pretty, pretty blunt about things. Mm -hmm. And uh, he lived on his Australian farm for a year after he had some trouble with alcohol. I know in these interviews, you might've even heard some today talked about cigarette smoke and he would quit and then he'd come back and he'd quit. We, that was kind of a continuing part of our interviews. I always liked him. He was fun. Uh, I know that he, you know, had despicable behavior and did a lot of crazy things. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I try to, I try to forgive people if they want to be forgiven and, uh, he wanted to be forgiven. So I forgive him. He's uh, learned a lot from his mistakes and he's been, he's had some pretty big slip of the tongues. I'll say that, but yeah, great yeah. actor though. And some great movies. I will give you that. And one other thing that I want to add is he's resilient as heck. You know, he bounces back time after time, even with his problems, he bounced back. He always entertained me. I just was thinking about one of the movies that we didn't mention, but we had another uh, we had another interview a while back with James Garner, and he was in Maverick. So he even pulled oh, off. That's right. Comedy. I mean, I've got, yeah. and maybe we'll do a part two of Mel Gibson down the road because we've got a lot of other interviews yeah, boy. where we talk about all the stuff uh, in Braveheart, how difficult that was, and how he dreamed about it every day, oh, and wow. all this kind of stuff. Wow. But you know, he's uh, he's you know done some sins yeah. to say the least. Well, who hasn't? Right? And uh, he's tried to pay for them. Anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Big time movie star. Indeed. Sure. Jimmy, thank you so much for the enlightenment today. That's going to do it for us from the EIP studios, from the vault, actually. I'm Derek Walker. He is Jimmy Carter. If you need to get in touch with Jimmy, well, just head to AskJimmyCarter.com. You want to hit me on email, WalkerDerek at gmail.com. You can also grab us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and God for... TikTok, Jimmy only. I refuse. Oh, my TikTok, TikTok, Jimmy Carter 384. <laughs> Until next time, good day. Good day.